0: This teaching comes to you from the team at Anchor Church Sydney. We hope you're blessed by it. For more teachings, resources or info, check out our website www.anchorchurch.com.au Well, as I mentioned, we're going to look at Philippians chapter 1 this morning. So if you've got a Bible, you can open it up and go there now. But before we get there, I just wanted to give a quick plug for the Wayward Service as well. uh, the, The Wayward Series rather coming up. Uh, this this is a sermon series that is for your friends and family who don't come to church. And um, it, it may be that God has put someone on your heart this morning to invite back to church. Um, and really, you know, community is the, the face, the hands and feet of Jesus to people. It's not necessarily about them coming to church. It's, it's about them encountering Jesus again. Um, I, I know there's people that God has put on my heart that I'm going to be inviting next week. Uh, but the other thing is we're actually going to film these sermons, the three of them, and perhaps the person that you invite doesn't want to come to church, but you could send them a link to the sermon. It doesn't really matter if they end up in our church. We just care that people receive the embrace of God, just like Danny mentioned, the Father's embrace. Uh, and it doesn't matter if they come to our church. We're kingdom-minded people. Send them back to their home church where their family's from. Send them to the church down the road. They may be in Queensland, Wherever. We just want to connect people with God's love. And so we've seen a number of people, we know your stories here at Anchor, a number of you, just like Danny, have been wandering, uh, have been wayward in your faith and have been connected back to God. And for whatever reason, God has graced our church with a story like that, with multiple stories like that. And so we want to fan that flame and see what God does with it. So I'm really excited about the next couple of weeks. That has been my personal story. My story has been the story of the prodigal son in Luke 15. And so I've got a real heart for people who have walked away from the church or who have run from God. And um, I just want to see those people experience God's love again. So the next three weeks is going to be big about God's love, about His grace, and about the messy nature of church community. And we want to invite people back in to experience that. So I'm going to pray for us as we look at Philippians chapter 1 this morning. Uh, and celebrate what God has been doing. So please join me as I pray. Father God, we, I thank you for every person in this room. I thank you for the part that they have played in your story, in what you have been doing in this church. God, well, I want to celebrate that this morning. We want to um, have joy in it. We thank you for it. We ask this morning as we are reminded of what it looks like to partner shoulder to shoulder in serving Jesus, in lifting up your name, that you would lift our hearts and encourage us this morning as to what you have done in our midst. You deserve all of the glory, God. We lift you up in the name of Jesus. Amen. I want you to know, Anchor, that this, what you see here this morning, is actually phenomenal. This is a miracle of God's grace. It's very easy for us to take for granted what has happened here. Perhaps you've joined Anchor and you just came and it was like, this feels like an established church to me. It feels like it's been around forever. But perhaps you were here. You were here early enough to know what it looked like in the early days, to know how crazy it felt. And I Really, I just want to share some statistics with you of church planting so that you will get a bigger picture of what it looks like to plant churches and to be involved in this. Ed Stetzer, who is um, part of Lifeway Research, conducted a large research project here in Australia amongst, uh, I think it was 110 church plants that have been planted over the last couple of years. And they found that in Australia the average attendance of a church plant in the first year was 38 people and in their fourth year was 70 people. So we started with 40 people on day one and pretty soon, two and a half years later, we were averaging about 180 people. As a comparison, in the States even, church plants in America, their average first year attendance is 51. Their average fourth year attendance is 124. So even by American standards, which it seems like you plant a church, add water, boom, it's a mega church the next day. Even by that comparison, we've done really well. Or you add to that fact that in Australia, it takes church plants five years to reach financial self-sufficiency. That is, it takes them five years to get to a point where they're standing on their own two feet, where they're not reliant on external funding and external sources. And Anchor's story is we got there Pretty much straight away. We got there after 12 months. We had seed funding. We had people externally supporting us. But we were financially self-sufficient within 12 months, which honestly, that is a miracle. I haven't heard of any other stories like that. Church plants close at an alarmingly high rate. We've seen that reality even in the Inner West last year. Some of our friends that we know and love had to shut the doors of their church plants last year. An Anglican church plant report found that one in three three church plants ended up shutting their doors, and the average life of that church plant was four years. So this is it. Year four is a significant milestone to get past. Now, that research project, they included as a church plant new services of an established church starting a new service in their building at a different time maybe that's a church plant, depending on your view of what church is. That's that's a lot easier compared to a pioneering church plant or a repotting of a church plant. And so my guess is if you took all of the new services out, the statistics would look actually probably more like one in two church plants. The, The stats coming out of the state say that four out of every five church plants shuts its doors. It doesn't survive. And so... What we have here at Anchor is actually the evidences of God's grace, of His goodness, His faithfulness, His generosity, His blessing towards us. Now, I don't share those stats to brag, to say, well, how great are we? Although you guys are pretty good, to be honest with you. I share those stats to celebrate what God has done. This truly is a miracle. This is the evidence of God's grace, particularly when you... Uh, account for the fact that we planted in this corner of the city and we planted a pioneering model where we just parachuted in. This wasn't a mother-daughter church plant. This didn't come with a core team of 70 people. We started with 17 people in our living room, no building, no resources, a vision and a dream and a plea that God would do something. I had people who went out of their way to contact me to say, don't plant a church in that area of Sydney. It won't work. You can't plant churches in the inner west. It won't work. This is the evidence of God's grace, that it does work, that Jesus loves his church, that he is committed to building his church, to pushing back the darkness and to using his people to be disciples who would make disciples, who would make disciples, who would make disciples. And so truly, anchor, what we, see, what we have today is an evidence of God's grace. And I want to celebrate that this morning. I want to celebrate the part that you have played People um, sometimes, not often, because Australians don't really ask this question, but sometimes they say, what's the secret of your success? Or most often than not, they'll say, what did you do that worked? Or what has been working for you guys? And sometimes my answer honestly is, I don't really know, other than God was gracious. I I don't really know why this worked and the other ones didn't work. I, I don't know. But more often than not, my answer has been, God blessed us with a phenomenal team of people. The the secret to Anchor's success is actually you guys. That's the reality. The reason that this has worked is because you have poured yourselves out in serving the church, in serving our city, in serving each other. This was never about me. This is never about Brad. This is never about our staff team alone. This has always, from the very beginning, been about the whole team. I think back to the early days. We even had some photos of that, uh, I think, in that video where... 35 of us all banded together to clean the packed theater from top to bottom. It was feral. that place was disgusting. Every Sunday, I don't know if you, if anyone remembers this, but every Sunday, I used to do a little walk around the perimeter of Pact because there was two little corners of that building that always had needles in it on a Sunday morning after Saturday night's binge party, and we would clean up needles. We would clean up glo- broken glass, and sometimes there was beer spilt on the floor. And look, it's Really not all that different to today, is it? There's still often beer on the floor here. But we all banded together and we literally cleaned that building from floor to ceiling. It looked like a different building. That, for me, is a picture of what it's looked like to plant this church. This has always been about a team. We believe the great churches are not built on the gifts and talents of a few, but on the sacrifices of many. And that is true, that is true of Anchor, that is true of our story, and you have been a part of it from day one for some of you. And I want to thank you for that, and I thank you for your partnership in the gospel. And that's why at, um, at our Connect course, we don't talk about being a church member at Anchor. I don't know if you're a member of something, Maybe, perhaps you're a member of a gym, anyone a member of a gym? There's a few of you, and your commitment to that relationship is not all that strong, right? You pay a membership fee, but perhaps you go a lot in February, and then it just kind of dwindles towards the end of the year. Sadly, sometimes church attendance looks like that as well. Or maybe a better comparison is um, the local BOLO or Ari, the RSL club. You know, you're a member of the RSL club. How many times a year do you attend the RSL club? Like, never, right? Or well, chances are you're probably still a member of the local bolo back where mum and dad live because that's where you enter the bolo. Does anyone go to the bolo anymore in the inner west? We just don't do it. There's too many good craft beers and small bars and all that kind of stuff in the inner west. That's what membership can look like. You're like, I'm a member of the RSL club, but I never attend. That's why at Anchor we talk about partnership, Partnership is very different to membership. Partnership is not token. Partnership is about playing your part, about being all in, about having a role to play. And as I think about what I wanted to hit on this morning, Philippians one came to mind because I think it captures the heart of joy in partnership. Paul is bursting with joy and thankfulness at the partnership that he has experienced in the work of the good news of Jesus. And so I wanted to read from Philippians chapter 1 this morning, and I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. This is what Paul says in Philippians chapter 1 verse 3. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my requests for all of you with joy. For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. And I am certain that God who began a good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. That feels really apt for me in this moment. And I want to say thank you, That is a reflection of my prayers. As I pray about our church, as I pray about you guys, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for every single one of you. And one of my favorite things about this church is that it's not about bringing your friends to hear the expert preach on Sundays. And Sundays are important, right? They're significant for us, but it's not the only thing that we're about. Our heart is to see the whole church, every single one of you, empowered to live out as everyday missionaries. We've never been about sitting in the chairs and watching the MVPs do mission on Sundays. We've been about every single person doing mission in the everyday context of life, every day, Monday to Friday. You see, the real MVPs in this church are you guys. Those of you who are living out your gospel identity, those of you who are seeking to be a missionary for Jesus in the everyday stuff of life, those of you who are making small but costly steps of obedience to put Jesus first, those of you who are raising your family and your children to love and worship Jesus, those of you who are gathering together in the context of community to be God's people, you are the MVPs This has never been just about me or the staff or Sundays. I love that about our church. I love hearing stories of mission moments from gospel communities as people have shared about what they've been doing. I've loved hearing stories of people who have literally never spoken of their faith, never even told people that they were a Christian, just taking that first small step of Holy Spirit-empowered boldness to let someone know that perhaps I went to church or I'm a Christian or this is my story or this is what the sermon was about on Sunday. I love baptisms, I love testimonies and I love seeing the way that you have sought to live out obedience to our Lord Jesus. And this, this is partnership, this is what it looks like. You know, for too long church planning has been about the guy, the man, the hero, the person The reality is church planting was never about that. I don't know where we got that ridiculous idea that it was just about one heroic person. From day one, this has always been about all of us playing our part, using the gifts that God has given us to minister to this city with love and to build up the church. This has been about Jesus. I love what Todd Atkins says. He says, Church is not a community with a gifted pastor but a community of gifted people. Church is not a community with a gifted pastor. It is a community of gifted people. I'm just one of you playing the part that God has called me to play, and God calls you to play your part. That's why I love the picture that Paul gives us in, um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He says this in 12 verse 18. But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body Every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If all were one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. If this is your church, if, this is, if Anchor is your church family, you have played your part. You've used the gifts that God has given you. You've seen a need and you've stepped into that and served. And I want to say thank you for that. You know, for a number of years, I think, um, at our birthday celebration, the staff or a number of people have wanted to do a birthday cake. And They want to do a big birthday cake and they will put candles on it and they want me to blow the candles out. And there's been a part of me that's been really uncomfortable with that because it's not just about me. And so, But I also don't want to rag on your great ideas because I think that's a good idea and I want to be empowering and releasing people to execute good ideas in our church. And so I've come up with a solution. If we're going to do a cake, this is my suggestion. We have one candle that represents every single person in the church. So if there's 200, we have 250 candles in the shape of a five or whatever it is. And it's a giant cake and we all get around and we all blow the candles out together. So if we're going to do a cake, I want it to represent what this story is that you've all played a part. This has never been just about me. And so I want to stop this morning and say thank you. Thank you for your partnership in the gospel. Thank you for the part that you've played. You are the the real MVPs in this church. And so I think you deserve to give yourself a round of applause and a pat on the back and say well done. So well done, Anchor. If you're not a believer here this morning, if you wouldn't identify as someone who's a Christian, I hope you see that the church is not about harboring power for an institution. Church is not about hierarchy. Church is a family. That's what we're about. It's what the church has always been about. It's a body. We all have a part to play. Church is not a building. It's a people. And I love what God has done in this community. And I'm proud of it. And I think we ought to be proud of it. Not proud in a negative sense, not proud in a prideful sense, but just proud because God has used us to do what He's called us to do. And it's it's kind of worked. We've made mistakes and we've served out of our weakness. We've served out of our strength and I just feel proud. Is that okay if I feel proud of what has, God has done here? And I think we ought to as well. I'm proud of you guys. And I think sometimes um, our Australian tall poppy syndrome culture gets in the way of celebrating achievements and success. And so I, I wanna, that's what I want today to be about, a celebration of what you have done, of what we've been able to do together and what God has done through us. I think about gospel communities that have been multiplied and planted and the sacrifices that people have made to do that. I think about getaway that Danny and Nat mentioned, our Anchor getaway, ways They've been so good, such highlights of community. I think about, I mean, just in the last 8, 9, 12 months, we have had an explosion of new babies here at Anchor. When we first started, there was like, two new two babies one baby and and then it just it just blew up babies everywhere i love that i think about Baptisms. I think about the baptisms that we've had. People who have confessed the name of Jesus that we've been able to baptise in this building or in the Metro Theatre. I think about the number of people, those of you who are new, who have joined this family and been plugged in. Some of you have not been walking with Jesus, have not been a part of a church community for years. I love that. I love the fact that we've been able to run introducing Jesus and explain the good news in a simple way for people who are inquiring about who He is and what He's done and what it means and his significance. I love the the fact that we were able to bring Dan Patterson out from Ravi Zacharias Ministries and declare the risen Jesus and the significance and historical fact that it is. I love the stories of everyday discipleship and everyday mission that happen every single Monday morning as you go out and you live what it means to be a follower of Jesus. All of that. I'm so proud of what what God has done. And for me, I just love what Paul says as he speaks to the church in Philippi and I feel it's really fitting for us today. And so I wanted to close by reading these heartfelt words from a pastor to his congregation. This is what Paul says in chapter 1, verse 6. I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue His work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So it is right that I should feel as I do about you all. For you have a special place in my heart. You share with me in the special favour of God, both in my imprisonment and in defending and confirming the truth of the good news. God knows how much I love you and long for you with the tender compassion of Christ Jesus. I pray that your love will overflow more and more, that you will keep growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters so that you will live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. For this will bring much glory and praise to God. Anchor, I love you. I want to speak on behalf of the staff to say that we love serving you guys as your pastors and as your leaders. We count it a privilege. It is a joy. We pray for you. We we really do. We pray for you every week. We pray through every gospel community in our church. And our prayer is this, that we would continue to grow, that we would continue to exhibit the fruit of righteousness, of holy lives that would lift up and magnify the name of Jesus. And as as your pastor, I want to say thank you for the part that you've played in that. We love you so much. Happy birthday. I want to pray for you and we're going to celebrate our good God. Father, I thank you. I thank you for what you've done here. This is a miracle, God. This is an evidence of your grace. I thank you, God, that you've been pleased to use every single person in this room to lift up the name of Jesus, to serve in some small way, to play their part, and everyone is significant. God, I thank you for the evidences of your grace that we're still here, that we're not just surviving, but we're thriving as a church community. And God, I wanna pray for more. And I pray that you would pour out your spirit on this church. I want to pray that in the next season ahead, that you would be pleased to use us, to draw more people to yourself, to continue to lift up the name of Jesus. God, I thank you. That we get to do this as a family, as a community of people, your body, everyone playing their part. God, we love what you have done through us. We want to give you all the glory, praise, and honor that you deserve. Lift up your name. Thank you. Celebrate you this morning in the powerful name of Jesus. And all of God's people said in one loud voice, Amen. 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 Let's stand and celebrate, church.